this podcast is for adults only, should not be used as a meal replacement, and may contain nuts. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Newbie and the Doobie. My name is Timmy. I am the newbie. Mary Jane, I am the doobie. We are so excited today to have with us on the spot Chef Jordan Wagman. Um, somebody we had met uh, at Lyft here in Toronto not too long ago, and uh, very excited uh, to have him on the show today. Jordan, welcome to On the Spot. Thank you both. Thank you both. Nice to see you. I am loving those glasses. The vibes right away are pretty outstanding. These yeah. old things, they match the uh, the pants. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Sweet. <laughs> I, I don't normally show waist down because I do a lot of these shows without pants. I'm completely against pants. But uh, today it's uh, today it's pajama pants. Um, so amazing, yep. amazing. Well, I'm not wearing underwear if that if that counts for anything. I love. I it. don't think any of us are. So three for okay. three today on the <laughs> on the spot podcast. <laughs> I love it. I love a little bit of so so Jordan we uh we only we met you briefly and in that brief conversation this is what I love about um getting off to these cannabis events and um sometimes MJ gets embarrassed when she'll say to me I think I'm just really going to see my friends and I quickly try to remind her and say it's work and I'm like no I just I love my friends I just want to go see my friends just substitute the word networking in there with seeing your friends like these events if I, I think there it's completely about the people. I mean, it 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 it's the pack. The event is the packaging, but I mean, the people is what makes the event, and it's what makes all of our That's why um, it journeys feel like work. Yeah, to me, like as soon as I met Jordan and he started talking about his story, and which we'll we will get into later. But I was just like, oh my god, like this is yet another person. The cannabis has changed their life, and now he's going about it, changing other people's lives. Mm-hmm with the education i'm like oh okay maybe i should stop because i'm jumping ahead <laughs> she'll, she'll get way too far down this i know ask him ask him your favorite okay, question okay, but you I'll know you know, you know what's funny though i just have to say yeah. for a long period of time people didn't even care what the event was in cannabis it was just an yeah. excuse to get together especially mm-hmm. post pandemic right yes yeah yeah no true. that's true i mean like that's why we have 420 and 710 and i think we did uh was it february February 10th, we did because it was like halfway to 420 one year just because we were like, we didn't want to <laughs> wait. Like, we'll just throw one in there. Sure, why not? Why not? But um, okay, so I'm going to ask the question. It's it's literally the only question we ask on the show because it's my favorite question is I always am curious about your first experience with cannabis, whether it was like how you consumed it. Was it a pleasant experience? Did it lead to, you know, an everyday journey? Did you kind of take a break from it? What, what was your first experience? You know, it's funny because I, as often I, as I will either speak on, on, on my show or do something like this, no one has ever asked me that question specifically about my first interaction. Just, you know, when did I, but not how did I? Okay. Um, I remember specifically, uh, my brother was in, um, uh, he was in probably the 10th grade. So I was in the seventh grade and, or maybe he was in the ninth and I was in the sixth. So I was about 12 years old and we did bods for the first time, bottle tokes, yeah. where you would take a piece of hash <laughs> and you would put it at the end of a cigarette and you'd put it into a bottle back then. It was like an ever fresh bottle and you'd, you know, you create this beautiful hole in that ever fresh bottle using a dime or a, or, or a penny. And, um, Oh, oh we lost you. Oh, lost you. There we oh. are. You're back now. You're back. All the smoke would go into the bottle and I'm going to put me on do not disturb. So that doesn't happen again, <laughs> but all this, all the smoke would go into, um, into the bottle and you inhale it. And basically you were inhaling hash smoke as well as cigarette smoke. And it was disgusting (laughs) and it was disgusting. And it's not to say that I didn't smoke cigarettes throughout my life a little bit. And especially when I was younger, not, not as, you know, a a real adult, but um, I hated it. And it, that was my first that was my first experience with was with hash 
with hash. But then once I started, mm-hmm. once I was introduced to cannabis, um, it was cannabis all the way, always. Okay. Was, I was Just definitely green over black. Yes, always. Yeah, I always found uh, the hash was too strong for me. And I agree. I was a cigarette smoker, but even doing the BTs, the bottle tokes, um, there's a different way you inhale cigarettes than you inhale the bottle toke. And I don't think you're meant to have nicotine in there. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it was ugly. And you get that head (laughs) rush. It was just no bueno. It wasn't something that I, you know, really, and it's not to say that I didn't do them for many, 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 many years to come, (laughs) but I was either a masochist or I'm not really really sure why, but maybe I was just a masochist. (laughs) Well, that would have been, uh, that would have been what I believe to be true growing up in the church. (laughs) Anybody using cannabis was some sort of, uh, off the wall, uh, completely, uh, crazy human being. So now I'm finding out that there's only a small handful of cannabis users that are actually really crazy, but that's, that's in conjunction with the regular world. And lazy, right. And lazy that there's, you know, it's funny how there's that misconception, how, you know, you know, it's, it's that Spicoli jumping out of the VW van, right. With that haze of smoke and that lazy sort of connotation that's been associated with us. And, and the opposite is true. You know, we're, we're just not lazy, we're actually pretty motivated. And most of us who are, you know, daily consumers of cannabis do so for solving for a need state. You know, so right. for, we do that for a reason. We don't only do it for recreational reasons. Yeah. Well, and certainly, I mean, as a as a chef, I, I at one point in my life was married to someone who had gone to uh, she had been trained as a French chef. And uh, she used to talk about the the hell of the kitchen mm-hmm. and you being a chef. I mean, certainly, uh, if cannabis was disabling uh, your ability in <laughs> any way or causing any sort of Especially laziness, being around food, <laughs> you can't you can't pull that off. And and I think what I what I learned um, over the last five years, as I've you know kind of freshly into kind of experiencing any of this, is that that misperception of the lazy stoner was really founded in the fact of the only people who really talked about smoking weed were the people who didn't care. And so all I ever saw was these lazy stoners because the motivated people, the doctors, the lawyers, the chefs, you know, the, you know, they didn't talk about it. it. So I would never have known they even smoked cannabis. So I only saw the people who were bold enough to sit there and go, yeah, well, I and, smoke it, I don't and care. what media portrayed, like we've talked a couple of times about Cheech and Chong and how brilliant they were at creating these characters. Of course, we all know that Tommy is more in line with the character that he plays on, on you know, media camera. or television and camera, but uh, kudos to them for creating these characters, but <clears throat> not really because they did us a disservice because now we're fighting against the stigma yeah, I, I, I even think back then, um, and I was going to say the same thing about Cheech and Chong, you know, I just think these are characters. I, yeah. I think that, you know, chefs are the biggest partiers and always have been, you know, it's, it's one of the biggest party <laughs> industries, hospitality that exists. It's so true. And all the chefs we know. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, from Coke to, you know, pills to you name it. I mean, think about that life for a moment and how you survive. And so what I would argue is I know very high functioning people that, you know, that, that were always consuming cannabis. And I was one of them and didn't come out of the quote unquote cannabis closet until it became legal. Why? Because I was a father. And although my kids obviously knew that every time I dropped, you know, my son off at hockey, that I would go into the, you know, go to the parking lot and smoke a joint and then come in. Obviously, I smelled, but like, you know, I didn't hide it very well, but I didn't come out and have those discussions with them until it became legal. So Mm -hmm. all of those people back then, you know, were probably, you know, obviously keeping it under wraps because it just wasn't legal. And these characters that were created are, you know, are images and stereotypes that we are fighting against each and every day. 
And so, you know, that's at the core of it. What I know to be true is most people in my world who smoke cannabis or consume cannabis on the daily, whether it's through, you know, combustible means or, or otherwise, are actually some of the most high functioning, most successful people I know. And so, you know, I use this analogy. My life is always at peace when I have 15 saute pans going concurrently on the stove, right? (laughs) I have, I have my, my real estate agent coming over and the people that I purchased my new home from coming over so I can learn all about it tonight. So there's six people, six of us dining tonight. I'll probably make four, five, six different things. I have no idea what I'm making. There's ingredients in there. And that stuff doesn't stress me out because that's just what I enjoy. But it's, you know, it's those that have created these stereotypes, quite frankly, that, you know, it's, it's what we unfortunately have to fight against when we're trying to secure dollars for partnerships, for events, what we're trying to, you know, fight against when it comes to even my conversations with my new girlfriend and her friends where it's, you know, the conversation took place. Are you going to be okay dating a stoner? Right. Right. And she's never done, she's never done a drug in her life. She's never consumed cannabis. She's never, ever, ever done anything like that. So she's a newbie to all this stuff. She's she's in our boat. Okay. Beautiful. Beyond. That's that's awesome. She's never, her first words to me were, and I love it because I make fun of her often. I've never, and I quote, done the marijuana oh that's that's sweet doesn't that doesn't that say it all that's funny anytime we put the word the in front of it the weed the weed weed. no that's awesome um that's actually one of my favorite things about being um an advocate and an educator and the non like the non-stereotypical stoner when you look at us right like jordan you know you surprise people when you say oh yeah and i also cook with cannabis and like what yeah. Yeah. I use cannabis and I can educate and like, but, but it's those people that you, you touch those people that they have never even tried it or considered trying it. What happened twice yesterday. So I moved up North and Tor- I moved up North two hours North of Toronto and to my dream place and both of, and I've met both of my uh, neighbors. One of them brought chocolate chip cookies over to say uh, hello the other day and welcome. Awesome. The other one yesterday brought a blueberry loaf. Okay. And, and both are foodies. That's awesome. But they, you know, when they asked me what I did for a living, because I, I introduced myself not as a, I'm not a cannabis chef. I'm a, I'm a chef and cookbook author. I've, you know, yes. create, I've been cooking for 31 years, right? Yeah. I, I'm not a, I'm not a basil chef or a cilantro chef. I'm not a cannabis chef. Yeah. Um, when I tell them that, you know, I, travel and I educate on infusing cannabis and food and beverage and I'm in the cannabis space, they look at me, you know, perhaps a little, you know, sideways, but then I follow it up with this. Tomorrow I leave for New Orleans. Why? Because on Monday I'm doing a culinary cannabis demonstration at the American Culinary Federation in New Orleans at their annual general meeting. And they look at me and they put their glasses up and they say, hmm. yeah. Okay. And so, you know, you can do your Google, you know, your goggling on me and you can see (laughs) my accolade, but that's not what it's about. When you start to validate cannabis by way of integrating it into mainstream culinary school curriculum, now we're talking about next level change and we're talking about that Mm. going down the pipe. It's not them who I'm appealing to, it's their children their children's children, and so on and so on, where cannabis will become part of their daily life, where they'll be able to purchase different cannabinoids and terpenes in tomato soup and seltzers 100%. That's where I'm super excited because I I firmly believe that when the government made cannabis illegal – Prior to that, I feel like not only were we smoking it, but we were making salves and medicine and we were eating it and juicing it and using it like any other vegetable or plant out there that once, like you're saying, you start at the culinary schools and it starts trickling down and all of people like us, we start going to the restaurants and we can start eating this stuff. Then it gets into our cannabinoid systems. Like this is my dream. I want cannabis everywhere on hillsides in restaurants. And you know, there will not be, 
it's it's there's this misnomer this it's not a misnomer it's there are people who classify and and call themselves cannabis chefs and i believe mm-hmm. that that term will fall by the wayside as culinary mm-hmm. schools begin to introduce cannabis into the curriculum everyone will be a quote-unquote cannabis chef just like they are a lentil right. chef or a potato chef, right? We're just yep. not. That's not who we are. It doesn't define us as culinarians. It's just another tool in our toolbox. This is yep. how you do it. This is how you do it safely. It's how you do it repeatedly. That's at the core of the education. Yep. And culinarians that I educate at the highest level, who are Michelin star, who have James Beard accolades, whomever they are, these people understand how to infuse cannabis in food and beverage in five minutes because they're, it's not. it's not brain surgery like right. at the core of creating great it, i'm going to tell you a secret and it's here first ready you ready right. okay yeah. all right at the core of creating great cannabis food and beverage mm-hmm. you ready at the here's yeah. the secret i'm salt I'm, no not at all no. great food and beverage that's the, right. that's the secret Yep. Yeah. At the core of creating great cannabis food and beverage is yep. creating excellent, phenomenal, over-the-top, incredible food and beverage. If your food is good, your food is good. If your drinks are good, they're good, regardless of cannabis being in them or not. My food yeah. doesn't change, right? So yep. that's at the core of being a good culinarian. Just because you know how to infuse cannabis in food and beverage only makes you one thing. Someone who infuses cannabis in food and beverage, not a not a chef, not a cook, not a cannabis no. chef. It just makes you yeah. someone who infuses cannabis into food and beverage. But and it, that doesn't mean it's going to be good either. That's the point. That's exactly yeah. the point. You know, remember we well, we just did we just did um, judging for um, the ICC, the Indigenous Cannabis Cup, that's coming up uh, soon in July, and um, I wouldn't even eat one of the items because I'll tell you it literally turned no no I'm not shitting you. I use that word on purpose. If you remember which one I'm talking about, yeah. I took it I'm out sure of the black a bag and it literally mousse. it was a peanut butter, a hard peanut buttery center with a chocolate layer on top and it literally just looked like a turd. And I'm like like seriously you couldn't like sprinkle some sprinkles on it or like drizzle <laughs> something else because like so unappealing. And and there's something to be said about visuals too. I'm just gonna say it's gonna look good. Well, I mean that's a you know certainly I, at the it, core. It's an art, right? You're yeah. you're an artist. I mean, I, yeah, I, I everything you're saying there, I I related to completely through my journey in comedy. I've been professionally doing it since 2009 with an unwanted break over the last <laughs> few years. But the at first when I started because I grew up in the church, I always labeled or people wanted to label me as a Christian comic. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, no, no, hold on. I just want to be a comic. Like, I do no Christian comedy. Like, I don't even do Christian comedy. I just happened at that point to be a comedian who happens (laughs) to be Christian, whereas a chef who happens to smoke cannabis. MJ just happens to smoke cannabis. Okay, I'll say this. It irks me that on our podcast, we need to change it. So on our podcast, like, like who we are, it says that Mary Jane is a cannabis model or a cannabis advocate and cannabis model and i'm like yes i am a cannabis advocate because i advocate for cannabis but i am a model artist but i consume cannabis just like you said i'm a colon it's not the defining factor no no and it's 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 all too often um it's how people want to be pigeonholed but what it is that i do every day is Mm -hmm. actually not fight against it because i don't have to um Mm-hmm. The fact that I'm in the space, the fact that my friends are in the space, Romain Avril, mm-hmm. you know, who's come into ca- cannabis, who we're going to write, you know, we're writing another book together. There are tremendous, tremendous talents who are who are now cooking with cannabis, who are using cannabis from a mixology yeah. or foodstuff perspective. And these people every day, their involvement in it of itself helps to destigmatize. They don't have to say a word. Yeah. Their accolades speak for themselves in the quote unquote mainstream, right? Mm-hmm. My accolades speak for themselves in the mainstream, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really all about, you know, bringing more mainstream brands, right? There are mm-hmm. Boston beer company has teapot. 
You think about Charles Beeler, who produces Mm -hmm. a million bottles of wine a year in the States. Um, I mean, all over, but, you know, he's partners with Joel Gott. He has a brand called Senorita, great cannabis beverage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and there are more. And so the more mainstream brands that become part of our ethos, the better off Mm -hmm. we will be. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And the sooner we will become mainstream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about all of the new stuff that we seen uh, at that last event we went to. Like, um, I I got hooked this summer on teapot. So you just mentioned it, but on the just their their normal um, iced tea flavored, and now I seen they have a mango one, which I'm super excited to try. But <clears throat> going into one of those stores, you see all of the different things that are available, and it's just it's so awesome. I'm super excited at what's coming next. Yeah. I mean, I, I love to see it. And at the same time, you know, I, I look at it twofold. There's, there's two sides to me. One is educating the can of curious and that comes in, you know, by familiar ways of consumption, you know, obviously for us, there are amazing flower brands and we all support Mm -hmm. them, but cannabis food and beverage really is, I believe the future. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there, that's, that's really the greatest opportunity as I see it is drawing those can of curious into mm-hmm. cannabis using those familiar ways, right? Yeah. Tomato soup or food and beverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Well, so, not everybody cool. wants to smoke, right? No. And I think that's going to slowly, um, I mean, just the response to, uh, um, what we like regular smoking cigarettes. Uh, obviously, that is that that form of consumption is mm-hmm. slowly being something that people aren't aren't kind of leaning towards. Oh yeah, cigarettes definitely um, like out. When when you're on your journey though, for, so from a young age and you're you're going through this journey, you're you're now in this space where obviously the infusing of food is, is very much a part of of what you do, especially professionally. But where in that journey did that start to happen? Where did you start to experience that that shift into, oh, wow, I'm going to start infusing the, the food? Well, I mean, it's the story. I mean, the stories, the story goes back to when I was a kid, right? So <clears throat> the reason that I, I tried cannabis very soon after trying hash was I had psoriasis. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, right? So I spent my lifetime searching for the quote unquote cure. Mm. And I found it or something as close to it um, 2016. And it's when I removed gluten, dairy, and refined sugar from my diet and began consuming, not smoking. I had always smoked uh, cannabis, but consuming cannabis with the intention of becoming healthier. And in 60 days, my psoriasis went away. Hmm. And so I have always cooked with cannabis. Um, When I went to culinary school in Florida, we cook with it all the time. So it's just, that's not new to me. As a father uh, of two incredible kids, you know, now 20 and almost 20 and 16, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's incumbent on me to set a good example. And so I waited until it was legal before I started talking about it with them. Mm-hmm. That was also when I came out and did it publicly to where I was comfortable having articles written about what it is that I do to where I was comfortable launching my own show where I was comfortable just really being out there as one of the spokespeople on the planet for culinary and cannabis. And, you know, it took some time, but, you know, I'll also say this, like I lost my culinary voice uh, a long time ago, a long, long time ago, you know, it just wasn't enough to just be, you know, guy who can cook or plate. It just, it just wasn't enough. And I just lost my culinary voice when I changed my life through my diet. And and imagine as a culinarian cooking the food all day, every day for a a lifetime, and then realizing, you know, at 43 years old, holy shit, like it's actually ingredients, like foods that's, that's been negatively impacting my life this entire time. So that's when I really went all in and realized that 
I could teach people both how to eat a cleaner, uh, a cleaner diet and live a cleaner lifestyle or a healthier lifestyle with the inclusion of healthier ingredients, including cannabis. Mm. Mm. That's huge. We literally, I just ate something before the show and my stomach was like, or like not happy. And it's funny because it was probably tons of sugar and dairy and gluten. Yeah. We've spent a lot of time talking about that because that's been my, the last five years I've been on that journey too. Five years ago, um, Jordan, I, um, well, you were a lot I, heavier. Well, not just that, but I stopped cooking my eggs in the microwave and actually started to cook them on when a stove. When I first seen top. him do that, I was like, "What are you doing? You know, <laughs> I, it only takes like two minutes like to little, fry an egg. Like what things, things like that." And then I, then I started to, to I got my Fitbit and I started to track my food and I started to understand. I started to yeah. enjoy. Now my my breakfasts that used I used to save time by throwing my eggs in the microwave and it were just plain eggs because I wanted to save time. Now my breakfast takes about an hour process. Yeah. I enjoy the yeah. cooking process. I add stuff it's to it. Avocados and spinach and, and onion and all kinds I've of learned, crap in there. I've learned so much though about about that. And now I've also come to realize in this same five year journey now yeah. the the possibility that cannabis can be one of those superfoods within you know like you know I, I talk a lot about the, you know the avocado and spinach and these type of things and like and I'm like. So for me, I think the route that you're talking about, and when you talk about it being the future, absolutely. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, where, where is, where, what are those other ingredients that I need yeah, to add to my, to my steps. food? He's like, how do I get to more? maximize my, my health and my. Yeah. I mean, I, for, again, I, the one thing I say often is, and, and truly only in the last couple of weeks, because I've been just insanely busy, but, um, I, I'm talking to people about this every single day. And, and, mm -hmm. and really at the core of what I say is this, it's, it's cannabis has taught me a lot, right? Mostly about the cannabinoid system. We're an end of one says Dr. Deb, Deb Kimless, right? We are all an end of one. We're all individual. What works for me may not for you. Mm -hmm. You know, what I'm sensitive to, you may not be sensitive to and so on and so on. What I would say is this, at the core of what seems to be bothering most of us in 2023, or a lot of us, is inflammation. And although I don't play a doctor on TV, I, I use anecdotal, <clears throat> you know, everything, all of my data points are based on anecdotal, not scientific um, experiences. And so I would say inevitably... Um, that refined sugar is the devil mm -hmm. and, and it causes a ton of inflammation and it is in most things that we purchase. And if we, you know, if we, we can easily, and you know, I always say one plus one plus one plus one, don't, don't think of me, my story is a little bit different. Right. And I, you know, talk about it at some point, I'm sure, but my new book really describes <clears throat> what this journey has been about. But I talk about you know, my wholesale changes, not everyone needs to make wholesale changes, incremental change, plus incremental change, plus incremental change mm -hmm. at the end of the year or two or three, you've made massive wholesale changes. Yep. <clears throat> and so I would begin always with refined sugar. Once people do that, remove the inflammatory ingredients, you know, remove the, sh remove the, the, the nightshade vegetables. Um, there's what we call the autoimmune protocol, the AIP where you're really stripping it down and then you're 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 actively and and methodically adding mm. back more ingredients or some ingredients into your life. Mm. I know personally raw tomatoes don't agree with me, but cooked tomatoes are no issue. Potatoes are no issue although they're, you know, it's not an ingredient <laughs> I should eat. Rice I've stayed away from forever. Eggplant I haven't eaten in 8 years. Mm. Oh wine i haven't had in 20 years easily okay so there's just it's the sugar yeah yeah we talk about that a lot too that's i'm mm -hmm. i'm i'm fully on board with that i mean it's it's funny when people put up all these other battles even in the realm of of oh cannabis and it's like the you know uh, when we look at all the number one killer of this uh, of our society right now it, it all kind of all those you know the heart diseases and the diabetes and the cancers and everything it all seems to go back to this other core and people are fighting the wrong devils it's very true 
I get told all the time that, oh, you look so fit or you're so skinny or whatever. And I'm like, dude, I literally live off caffeine, sugar, and cannabis. Like Timmy has said to me numerous times, like, I'm surprised you have enough calories to even live. <laughs> like you're so even true. standing. Like and and but she's my not diet alone is, in that diet. Yeah, though. it's the average. I want to say American, but North American diet. You know, it's funny. I call it the big gulp culture, and I don't think it's you know it's it's just my own reference to. We've been so programmed to go to the store and buy food. And not, you know, if the one thing, not one thing, the pandemic taught us quite a few things, Mm -hmm. but this is one thing the pandemic taught us is, you know, how many of us, how many times did you see um, someone making um, uh, uh, sourdough bread or something along those lines? Like every day somebody was making a sourdough bread or every day somebody was making something. There were, there was a newfound love of making food. And people got healthier, right? The universe, like our earth got healthier. Everybody got healthier, you know? Now, not mentally. Mentally, Mm -hmm. certainly a lot of us struggled. But physically, I think maybe, you know, a lot of us got a little bit healthier. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, one thing I know in the very beginning um, of the pandemic, well, when I think it was the time when there was no toilet paper, like that time, uh, what I found interesting was that when we were running out of things, for some reason, the health food section was always fully stocked. It's like at the, I, it was crazy to me in the moment because I'm like, at the time when we're all supposed to be trying to be as healthy as possible to have the best immunities as possible, people were still choosing to eat like shit. Well, it I mean, depends on the person. It's also education. I mean, you and I both agree with that. You know, yeah. it's about the immune system, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's also you're out of work. And, and that's why, you know, if, if you, if you're out of work in the pandemic and, you know, is your first thought health or is it survival? And, and, and at that yeah. point, oh, chips are so much more yeah, you know, I mean, gratifying than, but it's, you know, price point, right. It's also yeah. price point. So there's this yeah. misconception sometimes that often I find that good food or healthy food needs to be cost prohibitive. And that's just not the case. It does yeah. take a little bit of know how like you know those apples that might be turning a little bit brown that are in the you know best before section and they're on discount aren't those perfect for applesauce i mean what's Mm -hmm. the difference right the bananas that are that are brown well aren't you turning them brown anyways and putting them in your freezer for baking bread like you know like or baking whatever so there's a million and one different ways to do this in addition to i always recommend that people do what i do and i'm new to an area and I don't know the answer to this question, but I will soon enough when I build relationships with these local farmers. And, you know, you build relationships with these people, you support these people. And just because a carrot might have two legs or, you know, it, it's oh. wide and, you know, fat in one area and skinny in the next, whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. who cares? A carrot tastes like a carrot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but and they can't send that, that off to the store. Right. It's not going to the store. Yeah. It can't go to the store. Yeah. So that's why it doesn't it's sad. It's it is sad. <laughs> yeah, no, I think education, you touched on it earlier and you're like you can take those apples and turn them into applesauce or you can take those bananas and bake something out of them. But like I will tell you honestly that when I was raised, my mother brought me up with I'm a byproduct of if you want to make a meal, most likely you pull the meat out of the freezer and it has instructions on the box on how to cook it the vegetables you grab are in a can and you heat them up in the microwave it was this this was what i was how i was taught you're supposed to make dinner and we ate it for years and we didn't die the first thing i did when i moved in here and i'm trying to sell all this you know stuff but this is one of the first things i'm trying to sell is the microwave you know a i needed space but it's the first thing. I haven't used a microwave. I can't even tell you in how long. You know, yeah. maybe, they're maybe. They're so bad. They're just, they're just no bueno. And I'm not, I haven't used an air fryer either. Like I just, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I'm a little suspect about that technology. I don't have anything to substantiate that. It just mm-hmm. a little bit. But, um, you know, my, my, 
my girlfriend said to me yesterday, we were shopping and she's like, I'm going to buy you this popcorn maker. And I said, but why? I already have many. I said, yes, they're called pots and pans. <laughs> right. And, and lids and lids. Yeah. I said pots and lids. I mean, that's how I make popcorn. Yeah. I put them yeah. in a pot and I make it with a lid, right? Like, yeah. I don't need a whole lot anyways. Um, that's funny. But if you don't have the skill and you don't have the knowledge on how to make popcorn in a pan, yeah, or in it's, a all, pot, the, it's like, all the knowledge, all education. That's at the core of everything that we are. Right. What, um, what's that relationship? I mean, we, we talk a lot about, uh, about our relationship. I mean, you, you're in this relationship now with, with, with a, a newbier with than I, than my newbie consumes the marijuana. How, how does, how does, how did that come about? And, and was there a, was there a weird transition? Was like, how, well, it's really interesting. It? That's what I'm curious it's about. The first time, this is the first time I'm actually talking about this publicly. Um, you know, my, my wife and I were together 31 years uh, since I was 19 or 20 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we separated this past November and, uh, she is, you know, like me a lot of the time in terms of, you know, cannabis consumption. And um, it was very normal, right? It was just very normal. Um, when I met Corey, I, it was a very interesting tiptoe. And at the same time, you know, I can't be that I'm very, very consistent in my life. What you see on social media is what you see here is what you see in my real life. Like there's no real, life. it's just, everything is, yeah, real. Yeah. that's just yeah. who I am. Um, so did I smoke less? Yes, I did. When I first met her, why? Because it was really a matter of circumstances. She lives in a 15 story, you know, condo and yeah. I don't love heights. And so there's just, couple things that yeah. play here um but you know it was certainly something that i i talked about openly talked about from a medicinal you know medicinal standpoint that this is my medicine that this is you know i consume thousands of milligrams of cannabis a day um i do a lot of diffusing like i i mean cannabis is just in everything that i do mm -hmm. um not the least of which is it's it's how i pay my bills right it's it's what i believe in so she understands and mm. and i assure you you know there are and i don't call it a habit it's not habitual but there are worse medications you know than this so. yeah well I, I we we met um at an event where i was <laughs> emceeing and she had prop um a tray of cookies well they so were real cookies but they were prop because i dyed them green because I wanted to give them away to people, but I didn't want to give away infused cookies, but I wanted them to get the gist that they were infused. Yeah. So, and Timmy, that's so, how we started the conversation. So we were, we were brought together by, by, by food. By, yeah. And, and, and cannabis, cannabis food. infused food. Yeah. Well, yeah, he ate like six cookies that day and wait, was, he was like, wait. Yeah. Then I, then I, then I was like, like no, wait no, a minute. No, no, I need no. to find out about this. No, there's no weed in these ones. Don't worry. <laughs> you know what I learned very quickly? as a single man for a very short period of time. It's funny that I was with someone for 31 years and automatically got into a relationship, but yeah, I hear you. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I learned very quickly that women do like men who cook and play music. So, you know, I had that going for me. I <laughs> threw her through food. I, I made her tacos on the first date. So there okay. were, our, fir our first date, I came into the house and the fire alarm I went off. I made him spaghetti. I literally, she, the smoke detector was spaghetti. going off and I opened up the door. I was like, come in, come in. And I was opening the window. and It's a good thing she's got good cookies, Jordan, I'll tell you that. <laughs> right? <laughs> my baking is on point, but my cooking, not so much. Well, I was from, if you can recall kind of conversations that you had with, it was Corey, right? Um, one of the things that, the reason why Mary Jane and I are, are even together is because I had come across somebody who, although I later found out cannabis was, she was infused with cannabis. <laughs> I came across somebody who 
didn't have those stereotypes that we talked earlier. She if, had I stoner, had she not had those stoner. green cookies, I never would have thought that she was a cannabis user. It, it, there was nothing about her. She was fully functioning. She was funny. She was alert. There was so much about her. <laughs> I was alert. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it blew my mind. I was like, how is she not on the ground? Fully functioning. Fully functioning. Fully functioning. Did, did, was, was that, did, like, was Corey surprised at, at everything that you were doing or she? <clears throat> no, no. I, I, I think, I think, you know, what she realized is, you know, I don't necessarily sit and just smoke joints like people smoke I take a couple puffs and I put it out and I go about my business. It's just right. not really a big deal at all. Um, you know, I've microdosed mushrooms many, many, many times, likely without her even realizing it because it's just <laughs> medicine, right? It's just nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the next step um, of education with Timmy, because um, when we first met, I was also microdosing with psilocybin for mm. my premenstrual dysphoria disorder, um, and it's it, it I I tried to keep that a little bit more on the DL for the beginning, and I didn't do it as often or more when he wasn't around, and and um, now I I'm at the point where I can take it and he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. What you're doing it secretly behind my back? I'm, right now, I'm oh, high. Well, we're gonna have to talk about the this. show. <laughs> I think it's a a love me for me sort of thing. My perspective, mm. it's uh, you know, if I'm in a, I've spent, you know, I've spent 31 years in a relationship, right? Like my entire life, I'm 51 years old. So, mm. you know, I want to, I want to be me. <clears throat> I'm proud of me. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm very, very thankful to and for cannabis and all the people in that ethos for, you know, for saving my life and for really helping me finding that voice again. So, mm. you know, if I'm going to be with someone, I'm going to be with them because they're all in for all of me, you know, not just. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I find, especially in uh, the consumer, non-consumer relationship, I guess any relationship. It's about communication, understanding. It's about um, education, education, right? Because yeah. um, there was some difficulties that Timmy, you know, Timmy experienced with me having to take extra breaks and, you know, things like that. But there are things that <laughs> I have had to experience going places with you where a consumer is not traditionally welcomed um in like a yeah, I would do a of, lot of I would do church shows a lot of church shows and she would yeah. she would have to like like go can I can I even be me here do I have to go hide in the yeah, car I, in the parking lot and during the intermission those type of things I would spend a lot of time in the parking lots during the show because I knew everybody was inside so I would sneak out to the parking lot and consume and then like after I could I would get everything loaded in the vehicle and you were still inside mingling I I would sneak back out to the parking lot but um the best moment was the day that I was out there waiting for Timmy and one of the, the tech guys came out and he started, obviously he could smell me and he came over and he started chatting and which led to an ed educational conversation. And it, it was nice because I, I all of a sudden felt like, Oh, well maybe I don't need to be hiding hmm. over in the corner in there. So it is, it's about, it's about education. Yeah. And, and so, you know, here's what I would say, right. Because I'm navigating it as we're, you know, just real time. I'm navigating. Yeah. It. So next Friday, I'm going to New Orleans tomorrow. And so when I get back, Corey's dad is coming here for dinner. Uh, right. So will I smoke a joint in his presence? No, I won't. Mm -hmm. Right. But the reason is because I don't want to go from zero to 100. I want to go <laughs> zero to one you know yep. one yep. two and so on um i remember I, those days with your parents <laughs> it is know, it's baby steps but the truth is my parents have known that i am a high, very high functioning pothead for a yep. very 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 long time i have never never in my entire life ever smoked a joint in front of them ever okay yeah not one time so you know yeah i will go outside 
and smoke it and then come back in and they'll say, mm. oh, you know, great, I have the munchies, Jordan. Um, you know, and they'll <laughs> a little bit, but yeah, you know what I mean? So yeah. but I, I won't smoke the joint, but it has, the word cannabis has been used. And yes. so that's coming from a family where they don't do the marijuana. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Like that's a step in the right direction for us as a community. Yep. Yes. Yep. And they actually might even be curious too, but because they haven't been around it or whatever, you know, that could even just lead to conversation when you get to level three, who knows? Yeah, I agree. Well, there's some times where you need to kick the door down and sometimes where you need to walk smoothly. Like, you know, we've, well, you've had some good combos with your mom recently. My, my mom and dad, you know, I don't even know. My dad wasn't very vocal about any of it, but I mean, just he recently caught he caught me smoking a joint. The fr- he was the first one because I used to sneak down and I would smoke my joint and then go back up and yeah, yeah. but we but we slow played it and and I think that's just, it's just a it's just a matter of of you don't want to scare anybody. It's just basic respect for human beings and realizing that just because they're uncomfortable with it and maybe yeah. maybe even against it, the answer isn't always well. I'm just going to prove my point and smoke in front of you until I break you down. It's like yeah. no, sometimes it's okay to slow play it out let's let's focus on the relationship first well like jordan says i want you to love me for me and then hey i also consume cannabis it's not a defining it's not a defining factor of who i am so that's why he's like i won't smoke the joint i don't need to smoke the joint yeah yeah but i and it doesn't mean that i won't take an edible or have some right whatever i I generally I, i sneak off with my vape is what I do if I ever like if I'm in that situation where I want to be discreet, um, just sneak off to the. So you're not going to. So basically, you're you're not going to cook an infused meal for him when he comes over. Not for him, no, not for him, <laughs> not yet. So what what is what is the education? What what do you see that is the education in regards to not just the infusing of cannabis, but in this journey of people understanding cannabis? What, yeah. what is what is what is the next hurdle? It's not the next, it's the first, right? It's it just we're okay. still at the first. I, I don't think it's the next. I I think we're <clears throat> I don't think we've scratched the surface yet. You know, we don't have we don't have mainstream CPG. Um, you know, we're we're not we don't ha- we are not reaching the can of curious where they are, right? We're 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 reaching them where they're not. Dispensaries. My father's not going into a dispensary, right? The okay. can of curious are not going into dispensary to necessarily to seek out, you know, advice from a a bud tender necessarily. And I have a lot of bud tender friends and, you know, we have a great amount of respect for those who are, you know, who are at the forefront of, Mm -hmm. of our business and really the responsible for, you know, the, the success of, of certain brands because, Mm -hmm. you know, people, there are some really good ones out there. And then just like everything else, you know, there's those that aren't really all that educated. And so my father's not going to go in and get medical advice, nor are they allowed to sling med- medical advice. So yeah. we're not reaching them where they are, right? Um, this is an issue. Um, I hope that in time that will be remedied, but I just don't think we're at we're, the first step is education. The first step is to stop um, minimizing or um, stop for all intents and purposes, um, you know, editing or, or sanitizing the cannabis content that we curate on social media platforms. It's time that, you know, we are allowed to be able to and freely educate the, the planet where they are, you know, starting with social media. Otherwise we're really sort of, bound to experiential right so lift and i know you were at kind and kind yep. heard you know i love kind and i was with kind and you know we did our the, some of the first events together and you know there's nobody who does it better in that vein than kind there's no question about it but that again helps to normalize when you look at a situation like that it does help to normalize our plant um inevitably we need 
to begin to educate and continue to educate. Mm. And then it becomes to meeting people where they are. I'd love to see some terpene forward, you know, beverages and, you know, in Loblaws and, and elsewhere. I'd love to be able to start to educate people where they are in grocery stores, yeah. not in dispensaries. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what we really enjoyed about uh, uh, Lyft. Um, it's one of the re- it's re- one of the reasons why we do this podcast is mm-hmm. because we want to we it's it's getting people into the door to even I mean we can educate all we want, but if mm-hmm. we if, if there's still those barriers, like you say with the dispensaries, we talked a lot about you know shows ed- a lot of cannabis um, conversations <laughs> that were being had online were unfortunately the stereotypical 20 to 35 year old guys sitting in a smoke filled room talking about how much they love weed. Mm-hmm. Even if they threw out an occasional tidbit of education along the way, nobody, nobody in the can of curious world is going to come into that mm-hmm. environment. And, you know, w- one of the reasons why we do this podcast with communication is because people want to hear real people's stories. But and once again, it's experiential. It's just, we're trying to get people to hear other people's experiences and yeah. even like jordan said it's all individual sure. well, and, and, might not work for you and that's why you know when you talk about sort of being a gateway food and beverage is that gateway I, yeah, yeah. I've ne- people don't unless their schedule you know doesn't dictate people don't say no to an opportunity to come and eat some you know hey do you want to come to a night to celebrate a brand, come and eat my food and have some yeah. cannabis beverages. Like who says no to that? Right. Yeah. So like if even the can of curious, like we've fed Forbes magazine before, who's never had a, you know, a, a cannabis product in, in his life. We yeah. fed other, you know, writers who have come in to, to have experiences. We've fed people who have never mm. experienced cannabis before. Why are we able to do that? Well, at the core of that is the intention is not to get you high. The intention is not solely to get you high. Right. We have what's called the entourage effect. So if I tell you, you know, the the entourage effect is only the different cannabinoids and terpenes and flavonoids and everything else working in harmony, would you believe me? I wouldn't because it's not only that. It's, Mm -hmm. hey, do you like the people sitting beside you? Do you like the music that's being played? Do you like the ambiance? Do you like this? Do you like, it's everything working in harmony. So if I tell you this, hey, listen. I'm going to create 10 courses. I'm going to have some infused, you know, fused beverages. I'm going to have a really safe space where you can consume, where you can, you know, socialize. You're going to be surrounded by people you know and love. The music will be great. You in? Everyone's in. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I create is that entourage effect. And so at the core of what I'm really trying to do is obviously educate people in terms of what can what cannabis food and beverage can be, not what you know it to be, gummies, cookies, and brownies, and I make all three right. of those. None of them have refined sugar. Mm-hmm. They're all just it's all technique, but it's about educating people on different cannabis cannabinoids on the on what terpenes are and the benefits of terpenes. We know we we know sage and DoTerra have been successfully you know successfully come to market with essential oils. Well, mm-hmm. what is what is a what is the difference between essential oil and a terpene? I don't know. You tell me because they're basically one and the same and offer the same type of health and wellness benefits from my non-medical experience, right? <laughs> yeah. But so it's just, it's, it's really about educating people on that you don't have to get high, that there's medical, that there's health and wellness benefits to different cannabinoids and terpenes that don't include or have the side effect of getting you high. As a matter of fact, we have all these different cannabinoids and terpenes and all except one don't really get you high. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would like to see a space where people, especially newbies can go um, and have that culinary experience. I know they're doing this in the States, but I mean, up here in Canada, it'd be nice to have like a space where you could go and try out, like you're saying, like uh, even like a, a four course meal, and and just well, go they for exist the all over. And... They exist all over Canada. Oh, I haven't found yeah, them. See, that's what, that's what, what keeps me employed. What kind of doobie is this? Uh, that's what keeps behind. me employed. No, there's many. I mean, Pat Newton would do them. Romaine Avril would do them. I would. Do oh them. yes, there's... no, no. But I mean, like, I don't mean private oh. events. Oh, you mean, I mean uh, restaurants? I mean public, oh, where I see what like, you're yeah, yeah. One I, day. Like, see, yeah, One see, day. I would like to have a location, like a spot in Toronto. One day. 
So yeah, when the, so yeah. we met you at Lyft. Obviously, you're you're on this this educational thing. You you want to yeah. you want to just bring this thing to the people. Lyft, obviously, we've we've already shared. <clears throat> we've shared that Lyft creates a a a good doorway in. It's a safe it's a safe space. A really I, I saw it as a as a newbie doobies. place. Um, you know though, are take you're taking a lot of what you're talking about here, and you're really going to platform it in a in a oh, new yeah, way with Lyft, special. right down in the states. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and started the precursor was Toronto um, yeah. through the Diners Club, where my colleague Barry Smith created that name and it was just brilliant and we created some amazing content um you know food and beverage content we had four panels throughout the two days and two uh different we had a cooking demo and a mixology demo Mm -hmm. and so it was it was really quite amazing and so it was the precursor to doing something in the states with uh with lyft which is called taste at lyft cannabis food and beverage experience and um, at the core of it is educating people, you know, whether it be in existing or emerging markets on, you know, everything cannabis, food and beverage supply chain. So including, you know, hospitality, tourism, uh, you know, culinary mixology and so on. Um, but it's all about CPG. It's a one day event. Uh, there are amazing, you know, very cool panels, very interesting subject matter there's a baking demonstration, a mixology demonstration. We have this amazing, amazing reception, which is the crescendo of the day, which is this chef battle. And the chef battle is, um, uh, it's going to be, you know, three chefs competing and it's going to be just incredible. It's going to be lights out. Sounds really fun. Like throwing knives at each other. That's it. Yes. Yes. You got it. Big time. No, no. And and spoons. And spoons. <laughs> no spooning. Just that's, working. That's a, I like to throw those spoons around. <laughs> no, I thought I seen like everyone's gonna get like the same ingredients and they're gonna have X amount of time to do it in. I I you know, yeah, I've been checking up on what's going on out there in San Francisco. Yeah, it's gonna be it. cool. The you know, the ingredient boxes, the mystery ingredients will be food and beverage brands, cannabis food and beverage brands. Those are the must-use ingredients. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be a lot of fun. Is one of the um, mystery ingredients cannabis? <laughs> no, something something infused. <laughs> no, no. Cannabis okay, infused, all right. Yeah. That's just that's just a flat out front. Can- <laughs> uh, okay, all right. Um, so that's good. You're doing that. Uh, you're going to be doing that in San Fran coming up. That's in August. Um, right. And is this something that you're planning? Is is this overall vision of that something that goes outside of Lyft? Is that something that you want to? kind of expand and create into other ventures? Uh, I mean, this is something I conceptualized and, you know, it's my baby, but I, I brought it to Lyft because I believe in Lindsay Roberts. I believe in the team and and it was the right opportunity to bring that to them. And, and I look forward to making it a success with them. Well, that's Beautiful. awesome. Yeah. Um, and what about, so the stuff you're writing, what are you writing now? What's, what's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of projects on the go right now. Um, my new book—it's sort of those one of those situations why the shoemaker's shoe, the shoemaker's children doesn't have shoes. Um, my own book has just been sitting in my inbox, waiting to edit. It's been a very slow process because I've been writing, <clears throat> co-authoring a new book with um, his name is the Golden Gully, Bilal Bati, and Bilal has about eight million followers between TikTok and YouTube and uh, and Instagram. He's huge. And he's such a nice young man. And we did a uh, a book called, um, basically it's, it's all about cooking without measurements. And he's a young Pakistani man. And so we cooked a lot of all food from his, you know, from his uh, upbringing and, and food stuff that his mom made. So this is being uh, published by Random House. And so that one just shot, um, we just did the shoot in Toronto, actually, um, where Romain Avril, the loop is actually closing, Romain Avril, who's my good friend and Michelin star trained chef, uh, and one of the greatest talents in Canada, he did the food styling for the book for us, for Random House. Nice. And my new project is, uh, is actually with Romain, and we're doing a new cannabis cookbook. Um, nice. so there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of writing projects on the go for sure. 
Nice. I look forward to that cookbook. Yes. Yes. What do you, when do you feel Corey would be ready for an infused meal? I guess you guys don't sit down for dinner. Do you have to make one for yourself and one for her? No, we don't. She doesn't. No, I'm not. No, she, I'm good with her. Not, you know, I'm good, I'm good with it. You know, it's, yeah. uh, no, I'm good with it. Actually. I'm good. Well, with we're her. at, we're at year five and Timmy's just now thinking about infusing some sort of like maybe a CBD, um, which I, I keep telling him it should be equal. Should so, it be equal? You know, the thing is, what I would say to you is, and I, now I, now in thinking about the answer, the truth is, is that one of the things that she and I, you know, have in common is our love of health. And mm-hmm. so she's incredibly driven by, you know, putting good things in her body. And so she lives a pretty clean lifestyle. It's not to say we don't cheat. I made a loaf of bread the other night. And we devoured <laughs> it together, right? right? But, you know, she she does eat a clean life and, and takes a lot of supplements and, and, and. So, you know, cannabis is something... You know, would it bring value to her? Non-psychoactive cannabinoids? Absolutely. Um, am I ready to get her high? No chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I and I'm not looking for the high either, no, but I you were, but I am you were in the beginning interested to see what the hubbub was all about. Oh yes, yeah. And it my first like, what is this my about? first smoke was incredibly disappointed because it did nothing. And I was like, seriously? <laughs> so like for 40 years, like this is this is what this is what it was all about. <laughs> Uh, and, then, and then it ended up ruining my bowling score, and that was, uh, that was time, yeah. uh, I gave up after that. You, there's some things you just can't you can't risk. <laughs> you gave up bowling, or you gave up cannabis? I gave up cannabis. Oh yeah, well, it was yeah. If it was one to be one or the other, it's like I, which I, is I, funny because we just went bowling the other day, and I'm pretty sure I won. It was one and one was, game out of was, three, Jordan. That's consumed. that's still less than fifty percent, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, Listen, uh, we uh, there's so much more we we could talk about. What I mean, oh, sure. and hopefully, even outside a podcast, just to get together. I mean, the fact is, is our stories. There's so oh, many I things that cross paths. Definitely would love to paths. try some of these these plates. I I know you, you you never play. It sounds like you don't plan. I know you said you you're making dinner tonight, and you've got uh, the in laws coming over to visit shortly. And I'm I was going to ask you, ooh, what are you planning on making? But I'm sure you got no plan and that's the way you like it. And I'm sure it'll be delicious. Well, it's, it's not, there's no, it's not that there isn't a plan. It's that, you know, even when I create my experiences, it's hard for me. So if you are my client, you really do have a lot of control except Mm -hmm. for what each dish is. Meaning you tell me your dietary restrictions, you tell me your likes and dislikes and I create a menu around that based on seasonality. And so I don't know the ingredients I'm buying. Like I can tell you I'm cooking a bunch of vegetables, but I don't know. Is that, you know, what's going to be great at the market? What's in season? Yeah. Yep. So yeah. on. What do my farmers want me to buy? So you, know, you have a plan. It's just not detailed. Yeah. I, well, I, Beautiful. I, yeah, I have no idea. It just, it really is dictated by you, the client. You yep. tell me what you love to eat and I create around that for sure. That's nice. awesome. And that's a true artist. And do you uh, do you get offended when people don't call you chef? No, I no, never. <laughs> no, not at all. I, it's to be honest, it's it's funny. I I'm just it's just my name. It's funny. It's just my name. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just my name. I no, I don't think it's yeah. when people don't. It's just no, not at all. A lot of most people do. It's weird, but most people do. There's yeah, there's a well, I I know I know a few who are like I'm a chef. It's kind of like the same people who are like uh, it's doctor, and it's like okay, fine, we'll throw the title. <laughs> That's not in my not, but you're not no. my doctor. <laughs> no, you don't you don't strike you don't strike me as as, as that. Um, chef Jordan, uh, <laughs> Jordan, thank you so much for this. Uh, like you said, yes. this this came from one uh, one chance meeting. Well, I guess maybe actually you were actually brought deliberately to us, maybe on that day in Lyft. But by one of those amazing people. That Lisa you already had mentioned at Lyft. Yeah, I think it was Lisa that brought you up. But we oh, uh, right away we were we were like we we really wanted to talk more to you. We appreciate uh, you taking time um, to, and, to and talk to, to us. And to spread the word, what yeah. you're doing too, because like that's amazing. The taste at Lyft is amazing. Um, I'm excited for the cookbook. 
Yes, called Will, How I Found My Health Through Food. It's uh, all my pictures, all my stories, and all my recipes. So I'm really excited. It should come out very soon if I can just make those shoes, you know, if I could just make yeah. those damn shoes. Well, I, I, uh, I'm celebrating my 10 year anniversary of my first book. My second book, uh, was written nine years ago and hasn't been, uh, worked on since. So I'm still working on that particular shoe. It can take a while yeah. sometimes. It can indeed. Yes, it can. Indeed. Um, where can people find you to end this off? How, how do people get a hold of you? How do they find you? Yeah, everywhere at jordanwagman.com and, uh, my, um, my website, jordanwagman.com. Um, yeah, it just at Chef Jordan Wagman on all social media. DM me wherever I am and uh, happy to help. And mostly, I mean, this is really at the core of, of what I would love to offer, you know, your audience is if I can help in any way, if I can answer any questions with regards to making a cannabis experience safer, safer healthier, more, you know, more repeatable, if I can help with an autoimmune disease, if I can help with a diet, if I can help life in any way, my DMs are always open. That's awesome. You might actually get an email from me. <laughs> I've all, I've just sent you one while you were talking there. <laughs> so. Jordan, thank you again so much. Have an amazing day, and uh, we hopefully will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me.